stay right there. And it reaches to me. Reaches to me. talk to you this morning from the subject, what do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know what to do? Have you ever been in a place in your life where problems are just piling on, mounting one on top of the other with no end in sight? Have you ever found yourself in a place where you don't know what to grieve about because so much has gone wrong at the same time? Family problems, health problems, marriage problems, money problems, community problems. Have you ever been in a place in your life when nothing you're doing is working when nothing you've tried is meeting the need. In those times, the question becomes, what do you do when you don't know what to do? This is where a lot of us are today. In the wake of this pandemic and how it has completely changed our Lives. A lot of us just don't know what to do. We are physically and socially isolated from one another. We're in a place of economic angst as we are forced to accept how fragile the quality of life really is. We are psychologically traumatized that the realization that we are not in control, but that we are vulnerable to microscopic organisms on the one hand and systems that care less about us and more about profit on the other hand. We're flustered that the President of the United States is wholly unqualified and incapable of shepherding us through this tough time. What do you do when you don't know what to do? This is where Job is today. Job provides us with a powerful perspective on the plight of the person pinned down by paralyzing personal suffering. Job was a godly man. The text describes him as blameless and upright. The text says that he had reverence for God and was not easily given to temptation. 
Job spent a great deal of his time trying to please God and to develop a lifestyle that God would be satisfied with. Job was a compassionate family man. He had a wife, he had seven sons, and three daughters, and he would regularly offer sacrifices to God on their behalf, asking God to keep his family safe from the evils of this world. Job was a well-grounded man. The Bible says that Job was the most wealthy man of his people. He had thousands of sheep and camels and oxen and donkeys. He had servants to tend to his every need. But despite his opulence, Job had not lost sight of what was truly important in life. He remained faithful and obedient to God in the midst of worldly success. It looked like Job had his priorities in order, so much so that even God bragged on Job. There's no one on earth like him. He reverences me and he shuns evil. And it's these realities about Job that make his story all the more significant. Here's a man who's doing everything that he can to live right. Here's a man who has focused himself on pleasing God. And yet in the prime of his life, Job experienced horrific personal suffering. The Bible says that one day as Satan stood before the throne of God, Satan challenged God regarding Job. He said, God, Job is good because you built a hedge around him. You, you have protected him from me. If you let me touch his possessions, if you let me touch his stuff, I'll cause him to curse you to your face. And God permitted Satan to touch all that Job had all at once. Job lost his wealth and his support. Enemies carried off his livestock and murdered his servants. And fire swept away his sheep. All at once, Job lost his children. A windstorm or tornado caused the house where they were celebrating to collapse. And all were killed. Satan challenged God further and said, let me go just a little bit farther. Let me touch his body. And if I touch his body, then surely he will curse you to your face. And God permitted Satan to touch Job's body. Soon, Job was afflicted with sores that ran from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Job was forced to trade the comfort of his home for a heap of ashes. And he sat there scraping his wounds with broken pieces of pottery. Overnight, Job Job went from riches to rags. Overnight, Job went from the top to the bottom. Though it appeared that Job had done everything the right way, suffering came to Job anyhow. Church, I shouldn't have to tell you that, that suffering is a part of this human Existence. No matter how hard you try, no matter how good you are, sooner or later, you're going to have to deal with suffering. 
And while most of our suffering can be traced to our choices, some suffering we experience, we just can't do anything about. Some heartaches we just cannot avoid. Leave this pandemic out of this. Somebody was suffering before the pandemic. Someone is suffering because of your children. You've raised your kids the best that you know how. You tried to provide a good home and a a safe, wholesome environment. You exposed them to the best academic options you could provide. Some of you have spent college tuition money to send your children to elementary school. You brought them to church to hear God's word preached and hear the songs of Zion sung. But in spite of what you have done, your children have hurt you to your heart. They act like they never heard about God. Despite your best, you're suffering anyhow. Somebody is struggling in their marriage. You've you've been sensitive to your spouse's needs. You've done all that you know how to love and to honor and to cherish them. But no matter what you try to do, you can't make it work. And in spite of doing your best, you're suffering anyhow. Somebody's dealing with a relationship that's gone sour. You're estranged and and you're suffering from the estrangement. Somebody is dealing with a health issue. You eat right, you exercise regularly, you try to get the proper amount of rest each day, but still you're beset by aches and pains. And even though you're doing the best that you can, you're suffering anyhow. Not enough money, the loss of a loved one, a betrayal by someone you trusted, feelings of inadequacy and always being misunderstood and underappreciated, feeling trapped in a place where there's nothing but pain, misery, and heartache, smiling to hide your hurt, laughing because you don't want folk to see you crying, feeling as though life has shortchanged you and you're wondering if it will ever get better. What do you do? when you don't know what else to do. Job was going through it. He was godly. He was compassionate. He was well-grounded, but he was suffering anyhow. His wealth was gone. His children were dead. His health had failed, and Job was left grappling with the question, what do I do now when I don't know what else to do? But in the midst of all of his suffering, Job discovered three things that he could do. My brothers and sisters, please hear me today. Don't let what you can't do stop you from doing what you can. A lot of us mess up right on that point. We're so upset and so frustrated and so disappointed and so angry about what we can't do that we fail to consider those things that we can do. Job couldn't change what had happened. 
His children were dead and he couldn't change that. His health had failed and his wealth was gone and he couldn't change that. And just like Job, there are situations in our lives. There are bells that can't be unrung. There are deeds that can't be undone. There are disappointments that just can't be shoved aside. But instead of grieving about what you can't do, learn from Job today that there are some things that you can do. First, Job decided that in his suffering, he was going to keep his perspective. In his suffering, Job knew that ultimately this situation was in God's hands. My suffering is great right now. I've lost everything tangible that means anything to me. But when I take it all into account, I know that God has been good to me. When I take it all into account, I know that he's blessed me far more than I deserve. When I take it all into account, I know that God has been better to me than I have been even to myself. So even though I'm dealing with some terrible things and even though I don't understand what's going on, even though I don't like what's going on, I know that if the Lord can give, then the Lord can take away. And so my attitude is going to be blessed be the name of the Lord. Church, as you're going through suffering today, I urge you to, to keep your perspective. Let me remind you today, God has been better to you than you give him credit for. If you just take a little time and, and compare your blessings to your troubles, then you would know just how good God has been to you. Activity in your limbs, that's God. Sanity in your mind, that's God. Food on your table and clothes on your back, that's God. He's looked beyond your faults and met your need. So before you just give up, before you just give in, you need to remember just how good God has been to you. Job kept his perspective and then Job kept his integrity. The text says in spite of all of this, in spite of his hurt and his pain and his grief and his disappointment, Job did not sin. Job did not lash out at God. Oh, how sad it is that, that some of us will let trouble impact our integrity. Oh, we're fine as long as the sun is shining, but when the storms come, we forget all about God. We forget about his words of comfort and reassurance. We forget about his promise that he will see us through. You know, Mrs. Job was like that. She enjoyed all the blessings that God had given to Job. Together, they had raised 10 children. Together, they had accumulated great wealth. Together, they had enjoyed an affluent lifestyle. For her, life had been flowery beds of ease. And in that situation, it was easy to bless God. But the moment trouble came, 
The moment she experienced some suffering, Mrs. Job lost all her integrity. She, she ragged on her husband while he was down, and she asked him, how can you keep your integrity at a time like this? You ought to curse God and die. But Job showed his wife what integrity looks like. Job said to her, woman, you talk like a fool. You didn't have any trouble accepting God's blessings. You, you didn't have any trouble indulging in his providence. But the moment the going gets a little rough, you're ready to turn away from God. Church, when you don't know what else to do, hold on to your integrity. Don't let trouble cause you to fall away from God. Don't let suffering get the better of you. This same Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And I know that when this time is over, there is a brighter day ahead. Well, finally, not only did Job keep his perspective, not only did he keep his integrity, but Job kept his faith. If you flip over to the 14th chapter of Job, he's grappling with the ultimate question of life. Job's suffering and his illness had caused him to think about his mortality. And Job began to wonder, if man dies, shall he live again? And as Job was passing through the woods one day, he saw a tree that had been cut down. But though the tree had fallen, he saw new buds of life growing on the tree stump. And Job decided that if there is hope for a tree, that if it is cut down, it will sprout again, then there must be some hope for me. And Job prayed to God, and, and Job said to God, Lord, I want you to hide me in the grave. I want you to appoint me a time, and all of the days of my appointed time, I will keep the faith. All the days of my appointed time, I will wait until my change comes. I might be suffering right now. I might be rejected right now. I might be destitute and deserted right now, but I've decided that I'm just going to keep the faith. My brothers and sisters, you're suffering today. Somebody's suffering with a health problem. Somebody is suffering with a financial problem. Someone is suffering with a relationship problem. Somebody's worried about whether or not they're going to have a job coming in the future. But I've learned that there's something I can do when I don't know what else to do. I can keep the faith. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Wait on the Lord 
and be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. Be still and know that I am God. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up ye everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. He is the king of glory. What do you do when you don't know what else to do? Keep your perspective. Keep your integrity. And keep your faith. By and by, when the morning comes, all the saints of God will be gathered home and we'll have a story to tell how we've overcome. We will understand it better by and by. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you for a word that challenges us in tough times to lift our perspective beyond the trouble that we see and focus ourselves on you. We thank you for a word that reminds us that we can maintain our integrity even when the going gets tough. And we thank you for a word that challenges us to stand on our faith. And we thank you to God that we know that our faith has a name and his name is Jesus. We thank you, dear God, that he has looked beyond our many faults and he has met our every need. Bless this simple word which has gone forth. May it be a help to those who have heard. Let a seed have been planted in our hearing that will reap a bountiful harvest in our living. And now, dear God, we open the doors of your church to those who are viewing. There may be someone who's viewing through social media, through live stream, who does not know you in the pardon of their sin. We ask, dear God, that something that has been said or done would touch their hearts and cause them to surrender their lives to you. In the name of your son, Jesus, we ask it all. Amen.
Say 